Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. Morning, Oaks Church. Say good morning, Oaks Church. Good to see you guys today. Hope you guys are doing well. I got my man Boston on the keys right now. He let me know for service that he is like a professional gospel organ player and he can play for two hours if I need him to. But man, I don't know if we're ready for that. Um, that sounds pretty cool though. Uh, we'll, we'll see uh, how it goes. Can I just thank you guys for being a praying church, for being a worshiping church? I mean, I don't know about you, but just being in that worship set and particularly the last song or two, I mean, I just felt the Lord's presence so strong. And you know you're in good worship when you want to know Jesus on a deeper level and you want to know the Lord and to return to that mindset and not be a Christian for so many years that we forget what it's all about when it's all about knowing God and it's all about loving His people. And you know, Jesus will show up anywhere. The Holy Spirit will show up anywhere. But sometimes Jesus would show up and they weren't ready for him. So this is me saying thank you for being ready for Jesus. It is a privilege and honor to be in this house. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm going to continue the series. I am. I'm excited to speak about this topic today. We're going to talk about the light of the world. Talk In this series, we're talking about the seven different times that Jesus said, I am. Am. Last, time, last week we talked about I am the bread. Next week we'll talk about I am the vine. But in John chapter 8 verse 12, uh, we'll read it in just uh, a minute, but I find it interesting when we read this passage, you know, when we read scripture and then we look at anything in context in our life, you want to you read it with the whole context. Have you ever had something you said misconstrued and somebody took one sentence you said totally out of bounds and said whatever they wanted and said, well, Brandon said this. I'm like, no, I didn't. But if we look at scripture in context, I believe it uh, helps a lot. And right before this verse, Jesus, um, he's in outside the temple and the Pharisees bring him a woman and they bring him the adulterous woman and they find this woman, they drag her in for whatever reason, they forgot the husband. I think it might be because the guy was there, not the husband, the man. Brings the woman before Jesus, said, Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to Stoner, what do you say? Jesus looks at them. Jesus looks at the woman. And he said the famous words, let the first one of you, or let the one of you that has never sinned cast the first stone. Nobody moves for a second, and then one by one they walk away because all of them had sinned, all of them are falling short. And Jesus looks at the woman, he said, where are your accusers? And he said, they're not here. Sorry, someone's sending me pictures while I'm up here. Uh, they're being that kind of friend. <laughs> so where your accusers didn't even one of them condemn you. And she responds, no, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. 
So the Pharisees come and they ask for judgment and Jesus responds, not with judgment, but with light. And in verse 12, it says that Jesus turned to the crowd, the people once more, and he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And the Pharisees replied, you are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. And Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself for I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you don't know this about me. Find it interesting, I love that last statement that Jesus ties in light with purpose. And light has a purpose. What's the purpose of light? To light up the darkness. But if we don't use light's purpose and our purpose correctly, we won't shine the light that we have appropriately. And Jesus is looking in the crowd, he's saying, you want light, you want purpose? I am the light. I know where I am, where I came from, and where I am going. He is the light of the world. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, right now, we just welcome you here today. We just invite you in. Lord, we need you. God, we just open our hearts, open our spirits, open our minds to hear your word. And God, I ask you that we leave here better the way that we came in. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask you guys a question like I often do whenever I open up a message. I want to know where you're at in here. Who in here likes the spotlight? Where you at? You want your birthday party? You want your, wow, there's, I know there's way more. There we go. Thank you, people being honest. You like the limelight. Now, I'm expecting a totally different response now. Who in here doesn't like the spotlight? You don't like the limelight. You don't want to be the center of attention. You don't want your own birthday party. Me and Angel, um, we just shared a, a birthday get-together, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in a unique spot because this is what I do, like be in front of you guys, and um, at the same time, I'm an only child. So you've heard about only child. It's, it's, it's not all bad, okay? It's not <laughs> you like a little spotlight, but at the same time, I'm like half of you in here where I'm an introvert. I don't need to be the spotlight. I'll be perfectly fine in a meeting, and I'll just be kind of chill, calm, collected. I, I don't need to lead it. But there was uh, growing up, probably wouldn't know this about me, um, but I played a lot of sports in high school. I played basketball and soccer and cross country and track. But I also was a theater kid. I loved to act. You would never guess this, right? I am going to totally embarrass myself right now. I do not want to show you this, but I have proof. I have pictures. Um, every spring, I would be in a musical. Uh, but they're going to show some pictures of uh, Brandon when he's 14. <laughs> Did musicals like Oklahoma, Hello, Dolly, Sound of Music and so on, and then the last picture, I like the last picture, this would be my parents like 20 years ago, that's, or 15 years ago, um, <laughs> but anyway, I was a theater kid, so every spring I would be in a musical, Brandon, I had no idea that you can sing, I've never seen you up here, you don't, 
You're not one of those preachers that goes straight into song. See, there's a reason that you've never heard me sing. I can't. <laughs> I can't sing. Brandon, everybody can sing. Well, not everybody wants to sing in public, okay? I don't have the voice of an angel like Hannah does. I'm not able to do any of that. But I remember uh, we would do tryouts for these musicals, and uh, we would burn this mixtape or burn this CD, and you would have to bring your song in. So it's the year 2001, 2002, um, bands like, I hate to say this, the Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Hoobastank, Fuel, Nickelback, anyway, all these bands. You would bring your song, and you would put it in the, in the boombox, remember those? Yeah, okay. Put it in there, and then you just like wait for them to push play. And it reminded me a little bit of Napoleon Dynamite and the room gets dark and the spotlight hits you and you're just like waiting. It's like your moment. See, I can't dance either, so I'm not going to go any further. But the only difference between me and Napoleon was I was horrible. I couldn't sing. And because I couldn't sing and it was so embarrassing, I would always get a minor part in these musicals. I would get a lead in like a normal play, but in these musicals, I just, man, I'm here for the girls. I'm here to dance with the girls. It's like a free date every afternoon at 3.30 p.m. I mean, what guy wasn't going to do that in high school? So that's how you made it, like, manly. Like, I don't just play sports. I act, too, right? I dance with these girls. You see all these girls? Okay, I'm going to shut up. So um, one play, Sound of Music, I was, obviously, I wasn't the lead. I was the butler. I was Franz. And I remember we had three nights of this play. We had night one, night two, night three. And each, each night went off uh, really well, great shows. And on night three, if you ever do something that many times, you're just on autopilot. Uh, you're feeling it. And you're like, man, it's going to be so easy. We've already done this twice. This is the party. This is going to be a fun night. We're all going to go out after this. And I remember it's one of my scenes. I'm coming in. And they have this built-in staircase on the stage, and I get on the staircase, and I'm about to walk in. You already know the ending to the story. And I start, I start walking down, and I misstep, and I just face plant, like in front of like about a group this big, about two, 300 people, and I was so embarrassed, I didn't know what to do, but I just shot back up, turned to the crowd. I'm a butler, so I'm like, I bowed. Everybody laughed, moved on. I got my fake British accent uh, going on as, as the butler. Uh, but not, a lot of us maybe don't like the spotlight. And that's why we love this verse when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And we're like, cool, Jesus has got it. Doesn't affect me. This is Jesus's thing. He's got the pressure and the spotlight. But what about Paul's statement when he says, Christ Jesus in you? The Holy, how? The Holy Spirit in you. See, this is the only I am statement where Jesus turns the statement from him to you. And in Matthew 5, verse 14, he says, you are the light of the world. Didn't say you're the bread, didn't say you're the vine, didn't say that you're the truth. There's no such thing as personal truth. Jesus is the truth, but he does say you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop, 
that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So this is the only one where he says, I am and you are. Jesus is the light and you are the light. Notice your identity is wrapped up in who Jesus is. Your identity is wrapped up in who Jesus is. That's why we're doing this series, I Am. If you don't have a clear picture of who Jesus is and what his identity is, then you won't be so sure of your own. You know, you won't find rest in your identity until you're secure in his identity. You won't really find rest with who you are as a person, with your calling, with your purpose, until you find yourself secure in who he is. And not just who he is, but who he says that you are. See, when you know his I am statements, then you can adopt your own. That's how we get this. 2 Corinthians 5, I am the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus, I am strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. Come on, this is powerful to say when you're alone, when you're at your house, when you're in your car, when you don't feel much like yourself, when you feel your doubts coming up, when you feel your insecurities coming up, when you don't feel like you're capable, that you just start saying, no, I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. I am bought with the price, so I glorify God in my body and in my spirit, which are God's. In Isaiah 61, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God. I am overwhelmed. I know I might feel a little sad. I might deal with some mental issues, with depression, with anxiety. I might deal with these things But I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God. And I know that my identity is wrapped up in him. You know, everybody in here, when you accepted Jesus as your Lord, you became a Christian. Have you ever heard about how that term even came about? You know, there was a town called Antioch. I believe it was in Greece. I might be mistaken on that. But in Antioch in the early New Testament, different people started sprouting up who would proclaim their allegiance and make Jesus the Lord of their life. And all the pagans, all the normal people in the city started calling them a name. And they meant it as derogatory. They didn't mean it as a compliment. And they started calling all these people Christians, which means little Christ. We had all these little Christ walking around. That's what you are. That's your identity. So now that you know who you are, what does you being the light of the world look like in your life? Number one is your life has a purpose. Your life has a purpose. Come on, say, I have a purpose. You have purpose. You are, on, you are here on purpose for a purpose. Our kids coordinator, the awesome lady, Latia, she'll often end an email or something like this. She'll say, have a great day in purpose, on purpose. 
You know, knowing why you do what you do is important. I don't know about you, but I I read this book um, on habits, and I realized how much of my life is automated. Like I'm a robot. Like you can literally predict what is Brandon going to do at each time of the day because you are, in fact, automated. And sometimes if you don't just step aside and ask, why do I do this? Why do I turn to this when I feel like this? Why do I talk to this person who I know is not good for me when I'm going through this or this person treats me this way? Why do I spend five hours every night in front of a screen? Man, I hate screen time. Tells you how guilty you are. You spend this many hours. Man, be quiet. I'm going to turn that off. Then I turn it back on. I got to be accountable to myself. But your life has a purpose. That's why I love that Jesus said, I know where I came from and I know where I am going. I know my why. See, light has a purpose and it isn't afraid of lighting up the darkness. It knows why it exists. You know, you being the light of the world, you having a purpose, you know that you are in this generation, in this country, in this state, with these people, under all of our leadership, for a reason. You know, you weren't meant for a different time. You weren't meant for the year 1840 or 600 BC or whatever it was. You are literally here on purpose. So it's time to put the wishbone away and develop a backbone and stand up for truth, to stand up for democracy, to stand up for biblical values, to stand up that we are still a country, one nation under God, to have a backbone with who God has called us to be. See, that's why Jesus says, don't put your light under a basket. You know what I would think about you if I saw you turn the lamp on, you put a basket over it? Crazy, right? Like, why did you turn the light on, then put a basket? No, you're called to stand out. That's what makes this uncomfortable, because we don't always want to be the light of the world. I love what George Bernard Bernard Shaw said. He said, the reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. And in a way, he's mirroring what Paul said in Romans 12 too. What did he say? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. So that you show what is good and right and acceptable. See, it's time to live with the boldness, with the confidence, with the backbone, with an urgency. You know, I read a few years ago where most of our time goes. You know, there's 86,440 seconds in a day. 1,440 minutes Every single day. Some of these moments will be memorable. A lot of them will be uh, just normal, easily forgotten. You'll have other moments that are regretful. We're too easily consumed with opinions of others, too easily offended, and we waste our time with a lot of trivial things that may not really matter in the end. The average lifespan for a person is 78 years now. Of those 78 years, the normal average person 
sleeps 28 years. Another seven years, people are laying in bed worrying about things that haven't even happened yet. Factor in the 11 years that we spend on our TV and our phone, the 10 and a half years at work, the four years driving, the years spent eating, getting dressed, and doing mundane tasks, and it leaves you with approximately eight years to live your life. What would you do if somebody walked up to you and gave you the diagnosis, you have eight years to live? Would that change your sense of urgency? Would that change what we spend our time on? Would that change the purpose that we believe that we have for our life? How deep would your gratitude for each moment be? You remember that us as humans, we're not the only ones praying. You know, God is praying too. Jesus is on the right hand of the Father, praying for, your, for you, your mediator, your intercessor. And I wholeheartedly believe that as we pray for a move of God, God is praying for a move of men. Whenever I read Scripture... Whenever I read history, whenever I read people who did anything great in their lives, they're moving. They're getting things done. They don't make excuses. They live with purpose. It's time to live with a purpose in an urgency. Second point, your life continually shines brighter. You know, your life gets brighter and brighter. It doesn't get darker and darker. I love this verse in Proverbs 4, 18 and 19. It's, it's what Solomon's writing. I think it's one of the most encouraging verses in the Bible. He writes about you. He says, the ways of right living people glow with light. The longer they live, the brighter they shine. But the road of the wrongdoing gets darker and darker. You know, life, as a godly person, as somebody that follows God, not perfectly, faithfully, just gets better and better. Well, Brandon, bad things happen. Adversity happens. I know. Bad things happen. I've had bad days. I've had bad, bad injuries. I've had COVID. It was horrible. We've all had bad things happen to us. But will you get bitter or better? Because I refuse to get bitter. Just like you, I have had my reasons to get bitter. I've had my reasons to look to God and say, why did this happen? We've all had those. But as you know, you live in a fallen world, and not everything that happens is God's will. We always say, well, it's the sovereignty of God. Well, according to these seven statements, I know what Jesus is. And if something's happening and that's not his word, his will, some things are going to happen. And life isn't going to be perfect until we get to heaven. So we got to make the most of our time. I was having breakfast with uh, one of my bosses about four or five years ago. Uh, his name's Craig, great guy. We were having breakfast uh, in between the two neighborhoods that we lived in. And 
Uh, we were meeting about some ministry stuff, life stuff, and we were leaving, walking to the car, and we'd worked with one another for about four or five years by now, and he said, Brandon, he asked me, he's like, so how'd you like? How'd you like? I know it's been a while, but I just, and I told him, I was positive. I said, oh, it's good, not much pain. You know, I do these activities uh, two hours a day, two days a, uh, a month, and it takes, gets rid of about 90% of my pain. I said, Brandon, I just want to tell you that I've never heard you complain. And I just want to thank you for your attitude and being better and not bitter. See, every single one of us can do that. Every single one of us can do that. We can operate in positive energy, what Jesus calls hope and faith. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, and these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. Those three things will remain. You know, I believe that our lives are going to get brighter and brighter, but there was a man named Alfred, and his, he saw his life getting darker and darker. And he lived for about 65 years or so, and his brother Ludwig died. And the newspaper, the French newspaper, accidentally wrote Alfred's obituary and not Ludwig's. Now, Albert, excuse me, Alfred's last name is Noble, as in the Nobel Peace Prize. And that's what we remember him for now. But he also was an engineer, he was a chemist, and he was a weapons manufacturer. And as he read his obituary while still living, it said the merchant of death is dead. Dr. Alfred Noble, who became rich by finding ways to kill more people faster than ever before, died yesterday. Alfred was devastated by the foretaste of how he was going to be remembered in life. And he rewrote his will, he rewrote his last testament, and when he passed away eight years later, he left a $250 million fund for these prizes to award some of the brightest minds in the world, people that were doing something scientifically for peace in all different sorts of areas. He had the rare opportunity to evaluate his life before he passed, and he lived long enough to change the assessment. Have you ever wondered if that was written tomorrow, how would my life be remembered? What would be written about me? Did I bless other people? And if you're not satisfied with what would be written, you know that you can change that today. You can change your approach. You can change your direction, knowing that your life can get brighter and brighter. The third and the final point is your life influences the lives of others. Your life influences the lives of others. Brandon, I really don't work with a lot of people. You know, I read a study done a number of years ago, and it said that the average custodian cleaning workspaces will have direct contact with over 100,000 people in his life. And we might look at certain positions and say that's not influence, but everybody has influence. Everybody is a leader in some sort. Brandon, I'm not the leader of the team. No, but you are a leader where you are. And you'll never be called a leader till you lead where you are, maximize your time, your efforts well. Then they want to make that person the leader. 
See, the most important thing that you can do in leadership is to be an example. Be the type of person that you want your people to be. People rise to the standard of leadership that you set. You know, I don't put any expectations on anybody that I have any influence on that I don't first do myself. Because I'm not going to ask something of somebody else that I don't do. You know, everyone has an opinion. Be an example. Everyone's got an opinion. You know, your status on Facebook isn't going to change the world. But your example will. Your example speaks much louder than what this does. See, it's not so much what is taught, it's what's taught. It's what people see in you. In the same way, light influences those around us. Jesus, as a lot of you know, and I'll go ahead and close with this, grew up in a town, little town. It's much bigger now, but it's been 2,000 years. Grew up in a little town called Nazareth. We don't know exactly how long he lived there. We know he moved to Capernaum, right by the Sea of Galilee, later on in his life. But he grew up in this little village, Nazareth, and a team of, uh, we had a team go about a year and a half, two years ago. And we stood in Nazareth, and we went to the cliff where Jesus preached his first message to his hometown crowd, and he read from our main scripture to church, Isaiah 61. He said, I am anointed. Preached the gospel, read a few verses, and they wanted to push him off a cliff. But in this city, in this town of Nazareth, about three miles away, there was this really big town. Well, not really big, but it was a pretty... A very influential city called Sephoris. And it was one of the richest cities in the entire nation of Israel. It had the best banking centers, had the best shopping, had um, a large array of really big villas for the wealthy to live in. And it was always updating. It was like the nice part of the region. And its effect reached the entire country. But Jesus is in Nazareth and his dad... In our Bibles, it says he was a carpenter, but really what that means in that translation is he was a really skilled craftsman. Maybe he worked in stone or whatever it was, and there wasn't a lot of opportunity in a little village called Nazareth. And a lot of construction workers lived in Nazareth. And every day, most of them would get on their job, and they would walk three miles, and they would go to Sephora to make these big, beautiful buildings, to make these mosaics, to add to the entertainment industry that they had on for that time. And then at the end of the day, they'd walk home. Sir Joseph walked home, went to the dinner table, it's Jesus, his brothers, his sisters, and Jesus hears all about his dad's day and what Sephoris is like. And Jesus can walk outside of his home, and at night he can see the city on a hill. And all their lights are on, their lamps are lit, and it's really a beautiful picture and something really great to look at. 20 years later, Jesus is teaching a group of people. He said, you are the light. Remembers his childhood like a city on a hilltop. You're the light. Not hidden. 
You're not overlooked. No, you are the light, like a city on a hilltop. So in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So whether you like it or not, you are the light. So live with purpose, shine brighter every day, and know that whatever you do, your life is influencing the life of others. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we love you. God, we just surrender to you. We surrender to who you are, to your light, to your glory. God, we thank you for the call of God that you have on each and every one of us. And today we just say yes to you. We say yes to the opportunity of being the light of the world just like you are. And we give you all the praise and all the honor. In Jesus' name we all said, amen. Thank you guys. I'm going to turn it over to Travis. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.